us. We welcome you. Um, and uh, we just want you to know that we're praying for you guys. We're praying for you that are in the room also. Uh, you're welcome. And, uh, and we're going to have a time of prayer later on uh, up here, ministry time, for things that might be going on in your life. We'd love to be praying with you about those things. Um, want to update you on Medela Christmas families, right? Uh, that goal has been achieved, all right? And so I just want to thank you uh, for that, for the gracious givers, 12 families. If you don't know, 12 families were able to um, receive Christmas gifts uh, from you guys, uh, which included $100 uh, for groceries for Christmas meal, uh, which included $100 for each parent, $75 for each child. And uh, this year we did it a little bit differently because we wanted the parents to be able to shop specifically for their kids. Um, you guys that are parents, you know that your kids wanted the doll with purple hair um, and not pink because that was significant. And so we wanted, uh, there's a little more, I believe, dignity there that, that you can restore there as you are giving these parents um, and empowering them with the uh, finances to go and shop for their kids. And so we did that, and I just wanted to thank you guys um, for that. And I think that was really, really cool as we continue to make connections in uh, the Medela community and at Medela Elementary School. And so thanks for that again. Um, we do encourage you to give at lakelandvineyard.org forward slash give. You can give there. You can give in the room here. Um, so that the uh, ministry of Lakeland Vineyard can continue. We encourage you to do that. Uh, and right now, we're going to take about two minutes to fill out a Connect card. If you're in the room, say what's up to somebody uh, that's in the room. And on that Connect card, you can fill out, there's an area where you can fill out things that are going on in your life that you would like prayer about. And there are people that will pray for you um, and those things that are going on in your life. So what we're going to do is take two minutes right now, say what's up to somebody, and then also... Uh, go ahead and fill out that Connect card, and we'll be right back.
All right, we are going to light the fourth candle of Advent. Yay. It's good stuff, man. So today we're going to be looking uh, at love. And so April Gore, you're the next contestant on Light That Candle. Uh, do you know how to operate this bad boy? All right. No, no, no torch. Yes, let your mom get a picture. Okay. All right. Yeah. Thank you for you did so good. All right. Man, that was that was a good lighting of a candle right there. And so uh, you know, as we've talked about before. Uh, you guys can see that the, the, as there's more candles being lit, that, that the light gets brighter and brighter, all right? And so uh, with peace, joy, uh, hope, and love now lit um, on, on Sunday, not on Sunday, I don't know what I'm talking about, on Christmas Eve, which so happens to fall on the 24th uh, every year, is we'll be celebrating Christmas Eve here uh, with the Christmas Eve service at 6 p.m. And so we would like to invite you to that and be a part of that, invite friends and family. Um, and so we just encourage you to be a part of that. And so we'll talk about love today, but we're gonna be doing something that we did throughout the Advent uh, season here. And so if you guys would stand with me, if you have the ability. Um, we're gonna sing doxology all right, and April's going to lead us in that too, and so since she's on a roll here, and so whatever key April starts in, everybody just kind of get in there, yeah, ish, okay, if you can get in, all right, um, so you got it? Okay, go for it. be seated. And now April's going to come up and deliver the message. And so, do you just, do you want to read this? All right. Uh, and so, uh, in 1 John uh, 4, 7 through 12, we find these words, and this is out of the New Living Translation. It says this, dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God. God is love. God showed uh, how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. 
Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us, and his love is brought to full expression in us. And so, as it said previously in, in, in verse eight there, it says, God is love. And love, if we look at it, love is really, since God is love, love is the foundation for peace, for joy, for hope. Because in God, we find all these things in their realness. Not in some way that is formulated by the world around us, but in the genuine love of God, we find peace, joy, and hope. I go so far as to say, without the love of God, the other three don't exist. And so I'd love for you to get a picture with me because I've been thinking about this a lot lately. I don't know why I've been thinking about this a lot lately, but just go with me on it is a building foundation. I am not a builder. I have built things, but I am not a builder. Um, and those things have been okay,ly built, all right? But I want you to get a picture of a foundation. And everybody has seen a foundation before. Uh, it's a concrete pad in which a building is formed on. And so when we see this, um, maybe you see it and maybe it's like the cool kind that's like shiny where they shine like the concrete up and if you, I guess Walmart has their floors like that, right? And so that's foundational, right? And if we, if we go a little bit further, uh, I want you to picture just a solid foundation where you look across it and it's smooth as glass, right? Where the footers and the corners and along the edges have been put into place to hold what is going to be put on top of it together for a long period of time. And so I want you to picture that same foundation now, and then I want you to look at it and see cracks in it. And I don't mean just like hairline cracks, I mean like cracks where foundational points have become uneven, where you can see uh, things that you might even trip and fall over, all right? And, and it's dangerous to be on, and that, that might be a foundation that is then, what was this called? They laid that foundation poorly. Now, we have a choice as a builder at that point. We have a choice. We can look across that foundation, and we can see that it's smooth. It's ready to be built upon. Or we can look across that foundation, and we can see that it's cracked, and we can say, let's just go for it anyways. And so if you've ever seen a let's go for it anyways house, uh, you might see some problems in it. And those problems might not appear for a while. Like everything might look like it's fine, but then all of a sudden you roll up one day to your home and you're like, is my roof doing this thing? Or my, why are my walls, why do they have cracks in them? That's more likely if you have plaster on your walls, but why do they have these hairline fractures in them? What is, what is going on? Well, then you have the foundation doctor come out 
Scott Smith, and he looks at it and he goes, dude, I don't know who built this house on this foundation, bro, but <laughs> it ain't good. Now, here's what we know, that, that that all could have been taken care of if the foundation was then what? Reformed. If the, if the, if the contractor said, you know what, if we build on this, this is gonna be good for a while, but it is not gonna be good for business in the long run. What we need to do, actually, is we need to take this foundation out because it's not really a foundation. It's just bad. And we need to replace it with something that will actually sustain the building for generations to come. And so when we look at that, um, I think of, of love when I think of the foundation. And what I want to explore today is the inner workings of a person, you and I, and how God, who is love, interacts with that person, uh, transforming them into the likeness of Christ, as 2 Corinthians 3.18 says. And I want us to catch that for a second transforming us into the likeness of Christ. I mean, that is pretty amazing that God can transform us who have broken foundations and replace our foundation with himself, making us more like him. And so sometimes I think when we talk about spiritual transformation, which I talk about because I think it's real and it's, and it's imperative to our lives. And well, you, you talk about that a lot. You talk about spiritual disciplines. You talk about this internal transformation. And I just believe this, that it's the reality of who we are to become in Jesus that really the fruit of everything that we do has to come from a solid foundation that's found in the love of God. Else everything else is just this good-looking building that's not gonna last very long. And so I wanna run us through some things. Uh, I wanna say this first. The transformation that takes place is a result of uh, being loved by a God who loves us. And then he calls us this. He says, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And here is the other one. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, if you're like me, I'm like the guy in the story. Well, who's my neighbor, though? It was like, can we narrow that down a little bit? Because you're talking about everybody. He's talking about everybody. And so that kind of task, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and mind and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Now that's Jesus saying that, so I'm gonna, it's pretty important. It's in Luke 10. And so what is it that makes you and I up? What are you made of? And this isn't a great mystery. And you know, I, th I knew we were gonna have some guests here today. Uh, one of them, I thought it was gonna be a doctor. I'm glad he's not here so I can say some stuff that's wrong and I won't be getting the eye uh, or the talk after service. Hey, what's that? Please, yeah, have him listen to the podcast. So I'm gonna not even talk about the physical body. So 
because that, uh, that is something that I am not an expert at, all right? Uh, but what I'm going to talk about is what, what makes us up. It's not really a huge mystery as to what makes us up. I'm going to go through the components here, uh, heart, will, spirit. We'll call that heart. Those three components act in the same way. And uh, thoughts, feeling, that's your mind, okay? Uh, your body, we'll call that the equivalent of the strength. Uh, social context, uh, that's, that's who's around us. Your soul, all right? And that's the, that's the part, that the component that encompasses everything else. So I just want to run through these things. Because this hit me like a sock full of pennies, guys, about two weeks ago. I've been following Christ for a long time, all right? Uh, but this really impacted my life when, when this thought, and it's a, I'm going to give you a, a news flash. It's a, it's a very simple thought. So I don't think you're going to leave here with your jaw hitting the floor, right? But it's a simple thought that, that brings this whole spiritual transformation, I believe, to a focal point. And so we talk about heart, and heart is the core of the person, uh, the psalmist, multiple times, and, and, but it specifically in Psalm 51, says, change my heart, O God. Now, why does, he, why does he cry this out, change my heart? Because the psalmist knows and knew that it was, if it was to change, if he was to change, it had to start at the very core of his being. Again, the foundation of his being had to change. Outside of change here in the heart, what we see is not really change. We just see shifting of scaffolding. At the core of who we are has to be changed. The will, this is the place of intention, the place to create. And Jesus says this, not my will be done, but yours. And that talks about an empowerment of the Holy Spirit then to come in, change my will, change my heart that I could be more like you. Change my will that I could be more like you. Now in that will, here is the thing. We have the choice to say yes and to say no. How many of you guys love the fact that God created us not to be auto, our automatron? Robots. I will do the will of God, Okay. How many of you know that we have a choice in the matter? We have a choice in the matter. Hey, uh, I'm at the store. This guy's complaining or of, of pain. Uh, and I feel like God has uh, spoken to me and said, hey, why don't you pray for him? I have a choice in the matter. Very rarely do we see Candles stay lit in this place, okay? Uh, very rarely, uh, I've never had it happen. I've never been in Lowe's on aisle 18 and down on the other end of the aisle. I feel like God is calling me. I've never been like lifted up and moved down to put, be put in a better position to pray for this guy. It doesn't happen to me. Maybe it's happened to you. It's awesome, all right? And if it has... But we have this will, and in the side of this will, we can say no, but we can also say yes. And we can say no to the things that might tempt us, and we can say yes to the things that might tempt us. 
And so we have these, these components, the heart, the core of who we are. Thoughts and feelings, our mind. God has given you a mind. Do you know why he gave you a mind? What is it? To think. Yes. How many of you guys love thinking? How many of you guys love the answers to be given to you? Yeah. All right. Can I just please thank, thank you? Um, so we have these thoughts and feelings. Maybe you guys have heard a saying like this, the battlefield for the mind. Right? There's a battlefield for the mind. There is a battlefield for the mind. And I just want to encourage you with this. You cannot have thoughts without feelings. And you cannot have feelings without thoughts. Anybody who says to you, like, uh, I'm pretty indifferent to that. Keyword, pretty. You're not indifferent to that. Usually when you say that, there's some negative connotation there. Right? You have thoughts. Those thoughts are part of feelings. And feelings then inform thoughts. And so what are we looking for? Okay, well, we're looking to be transformed, that, I, that my mind could be set on the things from above, not on the things of this world. And so we have a body. Man, look at that. Here I am. I have a body. I'm not just floating around. I'm not just a, a, a you know, a spirit. Here and there, I'm, I have a body. Dallas Willard calls it our power pack, all right? And what we notice is, as we get older, what happens to that power pack? The Energizer Bunny, man, you're like, dude, like, you go to a late movie. I'm 42, you go to a late movie, and you pay for it. When I was 18, I didn't pay for anything. Went to a late movie, got up at six o'clock, let's roll, I go to a late new movie now, the alarm clock goes off, I'm like, I ain't getting up. There ain't no way. I'm gonna set that or hit snooze like nine times. I'm not, I don't do that. My wife does though, and she's not here, so I can tell you that. And so, <laughs> nine times, that's 45 minutes, all right? And so I have this cool, this body, and it is the body, the body's so cool, right? It is so awesome. Like, I'm not up here thinking about breathing right now. I'm just doing it. I am thinking about what I'm saying, contrary to some people's thoughts on that. Uh, I am thinking about that, but I'm not thinking about breathing. I, I, now I'm going to think about, you know, moving my arm. And I mean, it, it wasn't a real thought, okay? I just did it. And so it just happens naturally, right? But the body's cool. When you're asleep, your heart rate tends to fall. When you're awake and you're, you're like running, your heart rate increases. And you don't have to think, now, 185 I need to be at right now, okay? It just does it. Somebody said 185, as if their heart would explode at that. Uh, so, although the other day I was 185 and I was like, I think my heart's gonna explode. So, um, and so... It's the component that everybody sees. 
And oftentimes, I don't even know if we bring our body into our Christianity. What do you mean by that, Andy? I, I mean this. The body is where you carry out the yeses and the noes. I mean, Paul's like pretty brutal about the body. He's like, hey, you need to beat that thing into submission. Now, this is my suggestion. Paul is not saying go out in your front yard and fight yourself into submission or in your living room. Both are weird, okay? Uh, side story here, because it's worth the two minutes it'll take to tell, is my brother had a friend who his girlfriend broke up with him. Um, he took Paul's words literally, went out into his front yard and knocked himself out. Real story. He rolled up on the scene. His friend is on the ground. I don't even know how you do that. Don't do that, though. Okay? Don't be Nick. Uh, and so, <laughs> that's, a, that's for real. And so, here's what you, do, you can't control about your body. You can't control who you were born to. You didn't have that choice, right? Uh, <laughs> you... you uh, you are whoever's parents or whoever's kid you, you are. That's who you are, right? And so I am the son of uh, Jan and Dave Baker. That's who I am. And uh, that's a good, that was a good thing for me, all right? And then, and then we move on to this social context. This is also where we are and where we put ourselves, and God has designed us for relationships. And sometimes um, relationships can be the most rewarding things. I'll say this, oftentimes relationships are the most rewarding things, but sometimes they are the most difficult things to walk together in. A lot of times uh, when the going uh, gets tough, what we like to do is we like to exit because it's easier. And relationships are difficult. And so relationships bring so much meaning to life because it's the way that God designed it. Uh, it is in healthy Christ-centered relationships where we can find God at work. And it, it might be like this. Uh, we were talking before service. I was talking to somebody and we said, man, you know, in 60 seconds, you can do a lot of damage to somebody. In 60 seconds. How many of you guys have taken the opportunity in 60 seconds and damaged someone? Does anybody want to raise their hand? And, yeah. Yes, my son. Yes, you have. Um, I'd like for you to come up and give an example. No. Uh, how many of you all have done that and that someone was you? Yeah, I've done that. How many of you guys on the other side of that have taken 60 seconds and you have impacted somebody's life for the positive? How many of you guys have done that? Yeah, yeah, you have. And it's amazing, right? And so God puts us in these relationships for a reason with other image bearers of himself so that we can uh, we can be more like Christ. We can sharpen one another. And so, and then, our, then the soul, and this is the component that encompasses everything else. The question asked uh, sometimes is not a quick question. How's your soul? 
How do you know when something is wrong with the computer? It shuts down. What else? It's not functioning as it's supposed to. How many of you all know when you're on a computer, there are millions of processes that are taking place at one time? You guys have no idea, like, what does an eight-core processor even mean? All right, if you're not techie at all, you have no idea. I'm techie, and I really have no idea. It means that it can do a lot of stuff at once. That's what it means, okay? And so, so with our soul, when it, with the majority of the time that we notice that our soul is not well is because we are not functioning properly. And in that 60 seconds, what we talked about is we can damage people. And so our soul is encompassing these things. And so here's what the thought was. That this is part of the thought. These things are not separate. Although they were listed separate, they are not separate. They're, they're integrated together into one. They're encompassed into one thing that makes us up. They interact with one another all of the time. Even in those decisions where you say, well, I believe the devil made me do it. I think I shared this with you. I want to share it with you again. John Mark Comer in his newest book says, you think that the enemy of your soul came and visited you in your minivan and made you yell at your wife. (laughs) He's, He's like, no, he's like, you did that. You yelled at your wife. You made a decision to do that, all right? Uh, Most of the time, we are making decisions. If we're a jerk to somebody, we made that choice. It is so much easier to blame it on the other person, though. Did you see how they were talking to me? That is why I had to karate chop them, okay? And so because of them, I had to make a choice. It's not always the case. And so they interact with one another. So here's what the thought was. What if my life was pervaded by God, invaded by, transformed by, being literally changed from the inside out, what would that look like then if love was transforming me? If love was informing my heart and my will and my spirit, if love was informing my thoughts and feelings, if love was informing my body, if love was informing my social context and my soul, what would I begin to look like? If God is love and he gave his only son and he gives us the command to love with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor, social context, as yourself, then that is what we're called to do. And here's what the thing that hit me was this. The core of who I am, the heart, if it's invaded by love, 
It's transformed by love. The foundation is poured and it has no cracks in it because love is overwhelming me. Then it is going to inform my mind. And if my mind is invaded with love, those decisions that I make are going to be focused on and towards God. And I'm going to will the betterment of my neighbor because I'm in love with Jesus who is overtaking me. That my heart is changed, my heart of God, that's being changed, my thoughts are being changed, my feelings, who we think, well, I can't control my feelings, that's just the way I feel. It has a lot to do with the way you think, actually. Well, I'm just an angry person. Well, because that's what you think, and you think about anger, and you have the thoughts that give you anger. How many of you guys have thought these type of things? Like me, how many of you have been in the aisle, someone's being a jerk, like to the, to the cash register person? What? Cashier, big words, okay? And how many of you had this thought? Maybe you haven't had the exact, but something like this. You picture yourself flying across, horizontal, and just kicking them. Maybe you've had a different thought, okay? But that's kind of my like movie thought, where I'm just like, Poof. I'm like, sorry about that. How are you doing today, okay? And now that I didn't take the feelings of the other person into consideration, I just wanted the situation to be done. Now, how many, well, that's kind of silly, Andy. Yeah, it is kind of silly, but how many of you guys have thought something like that or maybe even worse? And then how does that not inform our feelings? Okay, so the mind, or excuse me, the heart is being transformed, the will is being transformed, our spirit is being transformed, the thoughts and the feelings then are being transformed. The body then starts to be transformed. Well, what's it going to look like? And am I going to finally have that eight pack? Okay, I have just determined this. I did a while ago with the, some of my friends a challenge that we were going to see who has the best six pack within a year. I gave up within a month. And I said, just forget it. I like the keg. It's round. It's nice, all right? It's got a good form, all right? It's solid. And so the deal is this. When the body begins to be transformed, well, it's being informed by the heart. It's being informed by thoughts and feelings. My body then starts to say no to the things that are tempting me and yes to the things of God. I start to take care of myself. I start to treat people different. Guess what's part of your body too? This thing. Whoo! What is it? The tongue can't be tamed? Dude, that beast is crazy sometimes. Talk about 60. I don't need 60 seconds. Give me 10. I have screwed up things uh, that have uh, been repaired over months. If you guys are, if you've ever been in a relationship with anyone, maybe you've done that. And you're like, that wasn't good. Wish, I mean, have you ever thought that? Wish I could have those words back? Yeah, okay, good. I'm not, I thought I was alone up here for a second. Um, and so the body begins to transform into Christ-likeness. Uh, we begin to, instead of avoiding our neighbors, instead of avoiding our enemies, we begin to engage with them. Why is that? Well, because we 
start to care about them. And it is no mystery why we start to care about them. Again, let's go over this. Our heart, will, spirit is being transformed. Our thoughts and feelings. The one thing that we used to say about these people, now we act, when we didn't really see them, we kind of just talked about them. Now we start to see them. And maybe just as a glimpse, but as God may see them. And we start to see them for who they are. And, and then our body starts to walk towards them. Our mouth starts to engage with words towards them. Our relationships become centered on Christ, even the difficult ones. And what we see is this, that, that how's your soul? Then the answer to that question is, my soul is well. Because of the Lord, my soul is well. Now, I want, I want to say this. In spiritual transformation, it's about... It's about you being transformed from the inside out. It doesn't mean that everything in life is going to then be easy. It means that when you walk through the difficulties of life, that you're walking with the knowing that God is in control. You're not oblivious. You're more connected to God than you've ever been before. You don't walk around acting like nothing is going on. If there's stuff going on, you just know that God is in the midst of it with you. Jesus wasn't joking when he said, you know, hey, take on my yoke. Okay? Jesus doesn't have you take on the yoke and then he leaves. Because why? That would, he would say, hey, take on my yoke. I'm going to take off. My burden is heavy. See you later. No, he says, my burden is light. But there's still a walking with. We're walking beside. He's leading us. And so really, I, I just, for, for this time, I, I just wanted to say that that really, that hit me like a sock full of pennies is the, the components of our lives are not separated, which we often try to separate. We often try to have a good heart with the pervade our, uh, perverted thoughts, Okay? We often try to have great thoughts with horrible feelings. We try maybe to lead with our body instead of God leading us. Or we try to will stuff to happen. And what I found in, in my experience, which is just, you know, not kind of a blip on a map, is this, that What Romans says, you know, we've all fallen short of the glory of God. We come to the end of ourselves really quick when we realize, wow, God, you actually want to transform me from the inside out. You have got to be the foundation that's laid. And so that's what I want to encourage you with today is as we are in this Advent season is there's a lot of hustle and bustle. There's a lot of things that are going on. There's a lot of, you know, family that's coming in town. There's, you know, opportunity left and right uh, to make a difference in people's lives. There's a lot over the next week. There's gonna be a lot of 60-second periods 
that you get to choose to love people. So if you'd stand with me. Let's pray. God, we thank you that your word is true. You are love and that you have, uh, with our invitation, because that's who you are, that's what you're like, is, is you want us to invite you in. So we invite you, God, to come and change our lives. Um, would you transform our hearts, the core of who we are? Would you, control, would you transform our, our thoughts and feelings? God, our body, the relationships that we're in, God, that we could have a soul that is well in you. And so I just pray that we would be more like you, not just over these next uh, seven days so that we can, quote, do Christmas well. God, help us to, to love you with all of our heart and our minds, our soul, our, our strength, that we could love our neighbors, God. As you love us. So God, I pray that we would receive that love that only you can give. That we would be empowered by the Holy Spirit to do the things that you're calling us to do. That we could be more like you. As we walk out of these doors today, I pray that we would walk out on mission. To know you, to love you, and to love the people around us. May you transform us from the inside out. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you need prayer, there's going to be some people up here. We also would like to um, give you a small gift uh, as you leave today. It is uh, one per family. You guys can work on it. Um, so one per family, but Connie's going to be back in the back. She's going to hand those out to you. Um, like I said, we'll be here Christmas Eve, 6 p.m., and uh, we'd love to see you there. If you need prayer for anything, there's going to be some people that are up front here that will pray with you. And uh, other than that, peace, and we'll see you later.